What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the OTS venue inside my mother's basement, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Listen. Listen. I know we're all excited about CM Punk, man. I know we're all excited about CM Punk. He's back. He's home. He's not here to make friends. He's here to make money, man. Do you want to know the greatest victory that CM Punk had all weekend? Do you want to know the greatest thing that CM Punk gave to us this weekend? Ryan Satin protected his Twitter account, man, because he's a whiny, pesky, desperate, little crybaby bitch. And I love it, man. Fuck Ryan Satin. That's all I had to say, man. That's that's the only reason why I came downstairs, man. Seriously. Fuck Ryan Satin. We're going to go upstairs and we're going to do our thing, man. We are the number one live stream in the entire wrestling space. We broke records on Saturday. 9,200 people on this show on Saturday, man. Make sure you guys pull up a chair. Grab a cold beverage. For CM Punk tonight, man, make sure you guys have one of those Tony's old-fashioned cola old-fashions, man. It's fantastic, man, because Tony Khan made them himself from his tears. So make sure you guys pull up a chair, get those Super Chats in, make sure you guys tip well, make sure you guys get those memberships in. You want Who the fuck... Jesse, did you pick this music out, man? I like this shit, man. This shit's fucking good, man. Well, what type of music we getting down here, man? I don't know. Where's this coming from? I don't think I have the budget for this type of music down here, man. Oh, yeah. I like it. Anyway, pull up a chair. We're going to talk some Monday Night Raw right now on Off The Script. too much a little too much about uh 
emo fuckface. No? Okay. I don't give a shit, man. Everybody hates me. Everybody hates me, man. Why can't I hate on somebody, huh? Anyway. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Off the Scripts. I'm JD from New York. It is Monday, November 27, 2023. This is your Monday Night Raw review. The return of CM Punk. 10 years, man. 10 years CM Punk has been away from WWE. I thought I was in the fucking Twilight Zone all night, man. I thought I was in the Twilight Zone. I didn't know what was going on. For years, people have made photoshopped edits of CM Punk with the raw graphic. Punk on Raw. Last year, it was a Photoshop. This year, WWE made it a reality. CM Punk made it a reality. I was excited, man. I was excited for Monday. A lot of my friends were excited. A lot of people that I know that don't even watch professional wrestling on a weekly basis were excited about this show tonight because after Survivor Series, coming out of Survivor Series, the way that it ended on Saturday night, there was just a different vibe. There was just a different feeling in the air. It really brought us back to when pro wrestling was cool. It brought us back to when pro wrestling was just nothing but excitement. And Monday Night Raw, man, had this this air of excitement around it tonight. Randy Orton returning after 18 months. CM Punk returning. 10 years, almost, to the month. Since he's been in a WWE ring. Last we saw CM Punk, he was in the ring with Samoa Joe at Wembley Stadium at AEW All-In. Defending the real, real World's Heavyweight Championship. Monday Night Raw was not all that great of a show, folks. Monday Night Raw was not all that great of a show. Uh, No matter what they do with the show, it is still... A arduous task to sit through at three hours. Not even CM Punk was going to be able to save this show tonight. Now, I know WWE is going to get lazy because there is no pay-per-view in December. There is no pay-per-view in December. WWE is going to tend to get lazy. They're not going to put on banger shows every single week. But Monday Night Raw overall was not a good show tonight. Was there there things on this show that I did like? Sure. I mean, it would be difficult for Triple H to put something on this show that I did not like or would not like. I mean, it's three hours. There's got to be something. But even CM Punk included into the show all they mustered up tonight for a man who's been away for 10 years, was 10 fucking minutes. Not even. Five minutes. By the time he actually spoke, it was 10.54 Eastern. Let's start there. WWE opted to use CM Punk as a ratings draw on the show tonight. Bad mistake. Bad mistake. That's mistake number one. I don't know, especially with the way he came off and the dialogue that he was 
obviously told to go out there and say, I don't know why you didn't have him open the show. Tennessee was really, really, really quiet tonight. They were quiet. I wouldn't say they were quiet for CM Punk or Randy Orton, but they were overall very quiet tonight. I I would have absolutely started the show with CM Punk if that was the most you were going to give us after 10 years. After 10 years, five minutes is unacceptable. It is inexcusable. I don't give a shit what anybody says. You could sit there and tell me, oh, they they kept it basic. Oh, they they, they took the safe route. I didn't fucking come, I I didn't fucking come to this show tonight. I didn't ask for CM Punk back in WWE after 10 years for CM Punk to step up to the fucking plate and give me a sacrifice bunt moving the runner over to second base. I didn't ask for that. Nobody asked for that. Take a fucking swing, man. At least give me a fucking fly ball to the warning track. If it's going to be an out, so be it. I'm not asking you to go out there and bury fucking four eyes, Tony Khan. I'm not asking you to go out there and claim, oh, how unprofessional the last place I was, was. I didn't ask you to go out there and mention counterfeit bucks. Or fucking cry me a river, Jack Perry. But we needed something a little bit more substantial. It is the perfect analogy. WWE, Triple H, took the safe route. Hey, man. Hey, we're up 2-1 here in the late innings. We need to pad the lead. I'm going to need you to go out there, step up to the plate, and give me a nice sacrifice bunt to move the runner over so our big hitters can come up and maybe win the game for us. Add on another run. Tack on another run. That's what we asked for. That's what you hyped up. That's what you got everybody excited for. This wasn't one bill fill. This was five-minute fill. Five minutes wasted our time. Honestly. I didn't come here for fucking professional... Yeah, I'm a changed man, CM Punk on air. Motherfucker, I came here for CM Punk to ruffle the fucking feathers of everybody, no matter what company they're in. I came here for the fucking CM Punk that's going to cause chaos. Comes out there, freshly shaven beard, hair slicked back. I'm home. I don't give a fuck where your home is. You come back, you got to give me more than fucking five minutes and some fucking stupid corporate bullshit. That's what we got? I was better off watching fucking five minutes of anything else tonight. What did he say? What did he do? He did nothing. He said nothing. I'm home. He mentioned his wife. Yeah, AJ's doing well. She sends her regards. Great. It's fantastic. 
What's next? What Larry had for fucking dinner tonight? I'm home. I love you guys. I miss you guys. You guys, 10 years, have been chanting my name. No shit. No shit. But here's the kicker. You came back two years ago, and they were chanting your fucking name in Chicago. Tony Khan gave you 20 fucking minutes. Triple H gave you five. Now, I know. I know. Everybody's going to tell me in the comments section or on social media, oh, it was just a tease and there's going to be more. Give it time, blah, blah, blah. Really? After 10 years, I'm supposed to give it fucking time? Now, we all know what WWE is already thinking as far as who he's going to feud with, what direction he's going in into WrestleMania. Great. Great. But what they did with him tonight was a complete waste of everybody's fucking time. CM Punk, they should have get, I swear to God, man, I don't know why they didn't open the fucking show with him. They should have gave him at least, at least 10 minutes, five minutes they gave him. You needed to tell us where you were. You needed to tell us why you're back. And you need to fucking be the CM Punk that we expected tonight. Not some fucking corporate bullshit Nick Khan Triple H. I'm going to have to have you go out there and, and just tell everybody you're home, pal. Just be a baby face, pal. Go out there and... Love the WWE Universe, pal. Give me a fucking break. Give me a break. This is the same guy that cut the pipe bomb 10 years ago, huh? If that was the pipe bomb, I don't know what the fuck this was. This shit was one of them fucking little sparklers that you see the little kids holding on 4th of July. And even then, it got blown out. What CM Punk really should have said, if you wouldn't give him five minutes, at least tell me why you're fucking back. At least tell me why you're back. You know, earlier in the night, Cody Rhodes announced himself already as the first man that's entering the Royal Rumble, not theoretically at number one, but he's the first man out of a field of 30 that has already announced himself for the Royal Rumble. We all know CM Punk is back. We all know that he's going to be at WrestleMania. So CM Punk should have come out and tell us why he's here. We all know that he desires a WrestleMania main event. We all know what CM Punk's dreams are. What he didn't get then, he's back for now. Why didn't you tell us that? That would have been substantial for CM Punk to come back and hold a microphone. I came back... Not only because I love you guys, I came back for you, but I also came back for me. I wasn't going to be able to do what I wanted to do in the last chapter of my career in that other place. I came back here because I want a WrestleMania main event. So what I'm doing tonight is I'm entering the Royal Rumble. I'm going on to WrestleMania, and I'm going to main event WrestleMania. Simple. 
No, instead we got, I'm home, I love you guys. And then he closes off the microphone as the camera is starting to fade to black. I'm not here to make friends, I'm here to make money. But you just you just told us that you love the fans and that you love us. You, I love you guys, he says. Really? But then you want to close the promo with, I'm not here to make friends, I'm here to make money. Is that how you look at your fan base? You know, all because CM Punk is back in WWE, that does not now make him immune to criticism. It actually opens him up to be more as far as criticism is concerned. I thought what they did with him, they dropped the fucking ball with him. That promo was five minutes of absolutely nothing. Generic, lifeless, lame, and CM Punk, I mean, he could shit out a better fucking promo. You could put this man in a coma and he'd give you a better fucking promo than the bullshit that they wanted him to spew tonight. And a lot of you people are going to say I'm being negative, but I know that there is a large majority of the people that feel the same way that I do. And I get they're not going to give you everything up front. I get that they want to give you piece by piece by piece. I get that he may be on SmackDown Friday. Maybe. But that doesn't excuse the fact that they gave him five minutes and he said absolutely nothing. For 10 years being away, what he said out there is not enough. I'm sorry. Of course, he wasn't going to address being a hypocrite and all the hypocritical talk and all this other nonsense. Why would he? And I'm sure Triple H and Nick Khan told him to not mention his previous employer or anybody that he's had a problem with or his previous boss. They probably think by not mentioning them, it actually stings. Because I know for a fact, Tony Khan and everybody else was probably watching the fucking show tonight thinking that they were going to be mentioned indirectly or some cheap jab or jabs were going to be thrown at them. The fact that they didn't mention anything probably stings more. But again, it doesn't excuse the fact that they sent him out there to say absolutely nothing for five minutes. If you liked it, fantastic. I'm glad that punk is back. I need to reiterate this again because I said it on Saturday several fucking times and I said it in the weeks leading up Through all the rumors. I'm glad CM Punk is back. I am going to be on CM Punk's side here. I want the chaos. I'm glad he's back. Not only because he's going to make WWE television better. Not only because he's going to make the matches better. The stories better. Bring excitement to the show. When he's there regularly. Throw a wrench into the formula. And do something different to change up the fucking show when he's on. But he's also going to make us money. Us content creators. He's going to make his money. He said so tonight. And we're all going to make our money off of him when he's on TV. Great. The world goes round. Can't wait. Can't wait to get on here and talk to you guys. But you got to understand that when I'm here and sitting in this chair in front of this microphone, if it sucks, 
I'm going to let you know, no matter if it's punk or somebody else, tonight didn't do it for me. It might have done it for you because you're a punk fan. But I know deep down you expected more as well. I can't wait to see what they do with him. I'm excited to see what they do with him. But neutering him on night one after 10 years was not the right way to go. I seriously don't understand why they allowed him to go out there with barely any time feeling rushed to get that message across. Is that all you think of him coming back? Truly don't understand that move. I really, I really don't understand that move. I don't. And this is, this is something that he's going to have to live with. He's going to have to live with all the hypocrisy talk on social media and all the hypocrisy talk in the world of professional wrestling. He's going to have to live. And I know he's probably got some leeway who he wants to work with and some ideas creatively that he'll probably shoot by Triple H and they'll work around it to make him happy and this and that. There's not going to be any locker room scuffles back here. You won't hear any locker room scuffles with him backstage. Rollins may not like him. McIntyre may not want him there. There may be other people in the locker room that may not want him there. They're all going to do business because that's what WWE does. But CM Punk has to understand that he is now at the behest of WWE. And they are going to tell him what to do. Tony Khan gave him the world. Tony Khan gave him creative power. For all I'm concerned, Tony Khan made him a fucking EVP. CM Punk was an EVP in AEW. Mark my words. Tony Khan gave him his own show. Tony Khan gave him a soft brand split to have people on his show that he wanted. He basically ran the fucking company. That's not going to happen over here. Triple H told him exactly what to go out there and say, and they're going to fucking hang this guy by his balls every single week. Do they trust him? Probably not. That could also be the case. Did they trust him to go out there with a live microphone? Probably not. Would you? They probably scripted this guy's promo during the day, told him exactly what to go out there and say. You say this, you are now ours. Go out there and then call it a night. Keep it as simple as possible. It's not really the projection of CM Punk that we all envisioned when we woke up this morning. Oh man, I can't wait to watch the most must-see Monday Night Raw since fucking 10 years ago. A disappointment. And he's going to have to live with that. He's now property of WWE and Triple H's administration. He does what they want. He does what they say. Tonight was just a little taste of that. Because we didn't get fucking pipe bomb Phil Brooks. We got fucking neutered Phil Brooks. Absolutely fucking disappointing in every sense of the word. Randy Orton, he's back on WWE television. So happy to see Randy Orton back on television. It's just a different presence when Randy Orton is on TV. 
he came back, he explained where he was and what he was doing and what he's going to be doing now that he's back. Obviously, he's going to get mixed in with the Judgment Day coming out of War Games. Hopefully, that doesn't last too long. Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping. There's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script 50 and use code script 50 to get 50% off. That's code script 50 at factormeals.com slash script 50 to get 50% off. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. But Randy Orton is back, and we all know where he's eventually going to fit in. One of the big questions surrounding Randy Orton tonight was how they were going to tell the story of Jay Uso. Jay Uso was a part of the bloodline when Randy Orton was back on television 18 months ago. The bloodline put Randy Orton and then his tag team partner, Matt Riddle, out. Randy Orton was written off television 18 months. Jay Uso since then has been drafted to Monday Night Raw at the request of Cody Rhodes. And Jay Uso is now a babyface. One of the biggest babyfaces in the entire company. Randy Orton doesn't seem to give a shit. WWE wrote into the script tonight, Jay Uso apologizing to Randy Orton with Randy Orton telling him, I've watched and I've seen what Cody Rhodes has done with you and for you. Bygones are bygones. You're not in the bloodline anymore, but I am going after the bloodline and I will eliminate one by one by one. As long as you're not in the bloodline, we are good, Uso. That doesn't really mean anything because an RKO could be coming out of nowhere at any given moment for Jey Uso. And I'm sure when he eventually, inevitably turns heel, that an RKO will have Jey Uso's name on it. 
But I'm glad Randy Orton is back on television. Don't really like that they threw him right into a match with a Judgment Day member tonight in the way of Dominic Mysterio. But I guess it's a continuation of what happened at the end of War Games. And when I tell you that was basically all that happened tonight, that's really all that happened tonight. Cody Rhodes, he was on the show tonight. He announced that he will be the first entrance into the Royal Rumble. He's not coming out at number one. He is the first man of 30 that will be in the Royal Rumble. We got Shinsuke Nakamura revealing who he has been talking about for all these weeks. And no, it's not CM Punk. We got Bronson Reed versus Ivar, which I thought was great. Tag team turmoil tonight, which I thought the second half of was great. We're going to go over all of it. And I thank you guys for being here tonight, right here on the Monday Night Raw post show on Off the Scripts. You guys are awesome. It's been a monumental week, not only for WWE, but for the podcast, man. I really appreciate you guys hanging out, man. Monday, 4,200 people in here. I absolutely love it. Saturday, we did 9,200 live viewers. An all-time record, not only probably ever in the wrestling space. I don't know. I don't know who on YouTube that does what we do after these shows. I don't know if anybody's ever had that large of an audience. Certainly the biggest crowd I've ever had. And you know what? It's only going to get bigger. Thank you guys for all the support. We just hit 150,000 subscribers as well. We are on our way. We're more than halfway to 151 already with such a great week behind us. Follow me on X at JD from NY206. Also on Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. Go and check out all the other content. There is plenty of it. You guys want to get caught up? This is the place to do that. Super chats are open. Get them on in. We'll hang out at the end of the show. Love the energy already. Memberships are open. Get them on in. We had 11 new members on Saturday night. Welcome. Tomorrow night, Andrew Baydala breaks his silence on CM Punk, man. The most anticipated Tuesday night Titans since we debuted the show. It's going to be awesome. Join us live tomorrow night at 8.30 p.m. right here on Off The Script. And tonight's show is sponsored by Blue Chew. BlueChew.com. Code JD at checkout. Make sure you guys go and get your free sample of Blue Chew. Monday Night Raw opened up, obviously, with Randy Orton. I was actually hoping to see CM Punk open the show, but I will say this. The reason why Randy Orton opened the show and not CM Punk is because CM Punk on Saturday night basically overshadowed Randy Orton's return to the WWE. That is the only reason why they had Randy Orton open Monday Night Raw. They did not want to make it all about CM Punk. They were not going to give CM Punk the leisure to come out after 10 years 
Survivor Series overshadow everything and then him be the first guy that you see on Monday night. That's the only reason why they didn't do that. They should have. Looking back at it now, they should have because what he said was not worth three hours of wait. It was not. Randy Orton's out there. He is happy to be there. Happy to be there, man. He's shaking hands and giving high fives and hugging old ladies and signing action figures for little children, man. They got Randy Orton out here acting fucking cheesy as fuck as a baby face. For now. For now. When that viper gets coiled and that venom starts to come out, man, you ain't going to be sending none of this fucking cheesy, cringy bullshit. That's what I want. Right now, we got to live with it. Randy Orton's happy to be back. Obviously, he's going to get a baby fist reaction. Everybody missed him. But for now, it's all right. Michael Cole, he was touting the widely successful Survivor Series war games. They went over what happened. First thing that we saw was Randy Orton. He comes out. And he's in the ring. He's got a live microphone for the first time in 18 months. He said, it sounds like some fans missed him. Sounds like you guys missed me. He said, he'll be there as long as he can. I was gone a while. And fans chanted, welcome back. He said, when he was away, he had a chance to think about what he had accomplished and what he had not accomplished. He said he never had been in a war games. He said, when Cody Rhodes called him, of course I was in. Said Cody's father, Dusty, invented war games. Said being a part of that match is being part of professional wrestling. Said he also has some unfinished business with the bloodline. He said he made a career out of ending careers. So he gets why and where they were coming from. Maybe I can forgive, but I cannot Forget, says Orton. Says he has a bag full of receipts for the bloodline. He emphasized every single member has something coming. Every single member. Now, I will stop there. We are under the impression that Randy Orton, we were under the impression, I should say, that Randy Orton coming back was immediately going to be thrusted into a feud with the bloodline. Because that's who put him out. Now, the thing is, the bloodline, per storyline, also put out somebody else that Randy Orton is very familiar with, and that is AJ Styles. Now, I'm assuming, this is just me, fantasy booking, based off what we've seen on television, I'm assuming that Roman Reigns and AJ Styles will be the WWE Undisputed Universal Heavyweight Championship match at the Royal Rumble. Where do we do Randy and and Roman Reigns? Do we do that in Australia at the Elimination Chamber? Can WWE take us from now through December all the way through the Royal Rumble and through half of February to get us Randy and Roman in front of 70,000 people at the Elimination Chamber? I don't know. AJ and Roman is not a big enough match for 70,000 people. Randy Orton and Roman Reigns is certainly a big enough match for 70,000 people. Don't know where we're going to get it. Don't know how we're going to get there. 
But it looks like Roman's next two opponents have already been lined up going into WrestleMania season. And then obviously it ends with Cody. Maybe. We don't really know. So he said, the fans know what form that payback is going to come in. He said, it's the most three or the three most dangerous letters in all of sports entertainment. R-K-O. And then Rhea Ripley's theme song interrupted Randy Orton. I know the Judgment Day's theme, The Other Side by Alter Bridge, is now a meme for interrupting everybody who opens Raw. That's not Judgment Day. But Rhea Ripley came out, so I guess this is a positive that Rhea's song interrupted Randy and not the Judgment Day. So Ripley entered the ring and said he put on quite the performance at Survivor Series. She said she didn't see him as someone who would do favors for others, especially with one member in particular. She said, then his return was upstaged. Rhea Ripley isn't really lying. Randy Orton's return was definitely upstaged by CM Punk, no matter how many RKOs he does from the top of the War Games cage. She said that Randy looked better than ever, but it'd be a shame if all that was wasted. She said the landscape around here has changed and the bloodline has fallen and been replaced by the Judgment Day as the most dominant force in WWE. She said War Games was just a bump in the road. She said they'll be dripping in gold, or they are all dripping in gold. They could be dripping in more gold. She told him, stop focusing on the bloodline because unlike them, they get the job done and will put him out permanently. Orton said he watched the product while he was out. He says he saw all the talk about mommy this and mommy that. Then he said, guess what? Daddy's back. Fans then chanted, daddy's back, daddy's back. Orton said it's true. A lot of things have changed since he's been gone. Then we got a who's your daddy chant. Orton paused and then said, the one thing that hasn't changed and will never change as long as he is there is that nobody tells Randy Orton what to do. Ripley said she tried to give him an out, but... He's made himself their enemy. So, J.D. McGriddle and Dominic Mysterio attacked Randy Orton from behind. Randy Orton fought back and teased a draping DDT on Dominic, but then McFish hit him from behind. Then we had McDouble in a neck brace from the War Games RKO, and he got another RKO. Dominic ran over to Ray Ripley. Orton said Dom shouldn't go anywhere because he's going to find Adam Pearce and make sure he gets a match with him tonight in the ring. Dominic was very scared, and that is the way the segment came to a close. Yes, J.D. McCrisp. J.D. McChicken out there. Yep, he got another RKO. Uh, Rhea Ripley also has an RKO. Coming to him, or coming to her, I should say. Another one coming to McFish as well. But yes, Rhea Ripley has an RKO coming to her, inevitably. They're going to tease it. They're going to build it up. 
nobody's really had the opportunity uh, as, a, as a male performer to get their hands on Rhea Ripley, but an RKO delivered to anybody, that's good business. I mean, for fuck's sake, Nia Jax took an RKO, so why can't Rhea Ripley? It's going to happen, and it should happen. It's just got to be done the right way and get the maximum pop when it happens. Randy Orton looked very happy to be back. He looked very refreshed. He looked like he genuinely missed being back on television. But I will say this, man. I know and I get it. It makes sense coming out of war games. I get that. They're just continuing what happened on Saturday night, and it's an easy write-in for the show. But to see Randy back and already kind of falling in line with everybody else on this show... Feuding with the Judgment Day. Can't really find any excitement in that, man, especially when it comes in the way of Dominic Mysterio. Now, the bloodline was mentioned here. Randy Orton mentioned the bloodline. Rhea Ripley mentioned the bloodline. Does WWE cycle back to the partnership of the Judgment Day and bloodline now that Randy Orton is back targeting the bloodline? I don't know. We should have gotten that going into war games, but they clearly didn't do that. Now, are they going to go back on that, revisit the business between Rhea Ripley, Paul Heyman, Judgment Day, and Bloodline, and try to stop Randy Orton from getting to Roman? That's something to look out for. So I'm not really sure if that's going to be the way that they're going to go, But Randy Orton is on Raw, the Bloodline's on SmackDown, so clearly something has to give there for Orton to go over there on a brand that's not his to get back at the Bloodline. You just can't have him showing up on the other show now that we have separate GMs who are keeping the brand split legit. How are they going to operate that? We'll figure that out. Hopefully they have an answer to that question. But Randy Orton, happy to see him back. Happy that he's back. His aura and his presence were greatly missed. And he's going to be a huge factor in 2024. I'm already envisioning Cody winning the championship and on the road to WrestleMania befriending Randy, only for Randy to turn around and say, Cody, I'm sorry. I'm not your friend. I am, but this is business. Boom. RKO, world title match, leads to SummerSlam. Sign me up. We got a backstage vignette from earlier in the day. This was New Day, Creed's, that's the Creed brothers, Julius and Brutus Creed, and the Alpha Academy. Chad Gable was excited about Otis and Tozawa teaming for the first time. In walked Maxine Dupree and Ivy Nile of the Creed's. Maxine introduced platinum recording artist Jelly Roll. No, I did not stutter, folks. That's his name. Jelly Roll. Now, I I, I genuinely don't know if this is a legit recording artist or if this is is a guy that they they rummaged up off the street and they walked him through catering and, and they told him to name something or pick something and name yourself after it. Jelly Roll. 
This is the state of the music industry now, where they're just naming themselves after delicious bakery treats, jelly roll. We're all out of creativity, I see. Great. And by the looks of them, we all know where the jelly rolls went. There's none left in the local bakery at all. Otis let out a hell yeah. And they bumped tummies. Hulu Grimm said he's legit. Sorry, I don't listen to country. I'd rather drink Budweiser and fucking pass out off cheap piss. Jelly Roll says he was excited. I wonder if Jelly Roll is Nia Jax's favorite country singer. Maybe. Sorry, don't cancel me. Jelly Roll said he was excited to see them in his hometown. R-Truth walked in. This was easily the best part of the whole segment. R-Truth walked in and said his sweet tooth has a sweet tooth, so he wants a Jelly Roll. Jelly Roll failed in explaining to Truth there weren't edible Jelly Rolls there. So Zawa then did his dance that is basically going to deter all other Japanese talent from ever wanting to come to the WWE. What's worse? Danny Garcia or Tozawa? I'm going to go with Tozawa. They're dances, I mean. Give me a break. No, I'm not, I'm not listening to Jelly Roll. I'm sorry. You, you, you could not pay me enough money to listen to Jelly Roll. He may be talented for his genre. No, thank you. Tag Team Turmoil. We got Otis and Tozawa out there with Chad Gable and Maxine Dupree in their corner against Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa. Ciampa, Ciampa. First hour was commercial free, by the way. I can see why they did commercial free so the tag team turmoil could get some time to shine here. Champa and Gargano win in about four minutes in the opening match of this tag team turmoil. And I was going with DIY to win this thing. DIY hit Tozawa with the finish, meet in the middle. One, two, three, goodbye, Alpha Academy. So Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa are then met with Indus Share. They beat Indus Share in about two minutes. Crowd was absolutely dead for Indus Share, and they were dead for DIY too, but, you know, management isn't really doing DIY any favors here. They're going to need to get behind DIY like they're getting behind the creeds because DIY and the reaction for DIY should be greater than it is right now. Indoshare attacked DIY outside the ring, dominated for a little bit. Gargano stacked up Veer in a cradle, and he got the shock pin. Thanks for coming, Indoshare. You could see how WWE thinks of Indoshare. Garbage. They are not ever, ever, ever going to get over. I'm sorry. I don't need a crystal ball to tell you that they're not getting over. These big man tag teams that have absolutely... No fucking English language speaking skills. Their entire promo was, ah! That's all they do. That's all they do. That's, 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 that's all Indus Share does. 
I'm sorry, folks. That's not relatable to me. Gonna need you to try harder. I don't know. Wasn't... Wasn't wasn't this a huge project, right? Wasn't this a huge project? These guys? Nah. Nah. Veer. Veer Mahan. Right? Veer Mahan! Wasn't he like a a pitcher for the Pittsburgh Pirates or some shit like that? Why not build this guy as, I don't know, like a real human being? Instead of some generic fucking monster? So fucking stupid, man. Get him out of here. Let's get him out of here. Two minutes. Then we get the creeds against DIY. Man, oh man, I would have loved for this to be the end. This should have been the end here. But I'm not complaining uh, about what we got. I'm just kind of salty that Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa aren't really getting... A fair shake from the creative team right now. Crowd woke up a little bit here. There were uh, some chance for DIY. They tried meet them in the middle, but Brutus tackled Champa. Julius powerbomb Gargano, and the Creeds then hit the beautiful Brutus bomb for the one, two, three. So the Creeds beat DIY in about four minutes, and they advance to the next team, which was. The New Day. This went seven minutes. New Day entered. They came out wearing Nashville Predators jerseys because they were in Nashville, Tennessee with Jelly Roll. Back and forth. Creed's came out on top here. Julius rolled through on Kingston. It was a big cross body. He rolled through, hit a fallaway slam. Brutus wiped out Xavier with a moonsault off the apron. And then the Brutus bomb on the new day. One, two, three. And the Creeds win over DIY and Xavier Woods. They meet their final boss, Imperium. Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni Vinci. Imperium. Nashville, Tennessee, they were all uh, quiet. They were wondering, man, how am I going to get my tractor to work tomorrow morning? I don't know where the fuck they were, man. Don't know where they were. They were out to fucking lunch. Nashville, Tennessee, man. Not a fucking sound in sight for this tag team turmoil match. Maybe for the new day, but everybody else, no. Creed's had a very good showdown with Imperium. Crowd was very quiet for this, but Julius woke everybody up here, man. The Creed's actually won some of this crowd over. So all it took was a Northern Lights suplex on both Kaiser and Vinci. They set up for the Brutus bomb, but Kaiser raked the eyes of Julius while Vinci shoved Brutus off the top rope. Imperium set up for, I believe it was going to be a, uh, it looked like it was going to be that uh, powerbomb European uppercut combo that they finished their teams off with. So Imperium set up for that, the Imperial bomb, and 
Apparently something happened here, man. Um, I don't know if it was a botched spot, but Julius, it looked like a botched spot. Julius leapt over, I think it was Vinci, and then jumped to the top rope onto Kaiser, delivered a superplex. Creed's then hit Vinci with the Brutus Bomb. One, two, three, and the Creed's are now the new number one contenders for the WWE Undisputed Tag Team Championships. I will say this about the Creed's, man, and I want to give and take here with the Creed's. They got the personality of a fucking wet paper towel. They got no personality. None. Crowd don't know who they are. Crowd has not bought in and will not buy in based off who they are because of their verbal ability. What they have to do is what Julius did tonight. Double Northern Lights, show that freak athleticism, jumping from the fucking canvas to the top rope in a feat of athleticism to deliver a superplex. Brutus has got to be fucking throwing himself off the top rope. That's the type of shit that they need to do. That's the type of shit that woke up the crowd tonight. Because they're not getting it done verbally. They're not getting getting it done with, via their character work. They're not. But they are fucking great. They are. What they do in the ring is fucking great. Would I have had them win here? No, I would not have the Creeds literally in their first month and a half already getting a title shot. But, but that's not what this match was about. It's not about getting them a title shot because they're going to win the tag team championships. They very well could. I don't know. Knowing WWE and how high they are on the crease, they very well could be the tag team champions. What this was done for, what this tag team turmoil was done for, was to build a team like the Creeds up to beat DIY, The New Day, and Imperium. DIY is heralded by Triple H. He loves those guys. He put them over two of his boys. The New Day, one of the best tag teams of all time. They're Hall of Famers. They beat the New Day. And then Imperium. Probably, outside the Judgment Day, the best stable in WWE with Gunther. This tag team turmoil match was done and created to give the Creeds a platform to get themselves over in front of this WWE audience where they are still relatively new. It's not going to happen in Nashville, Tennessee, but they did a very admirable job at trying to show who and what they are and what they can do. Now, whether or not WWE puts the titles on them is not even the point here. Now they're getting a tag team title match against the Judgment Day, and we all know how good Damian Priest and Finn Balor are. We all know how much reaction the Judgment Day gets no matter what they do. Putting the Creeds in that type of situation is going to enhance the Creeds just by being in the same ring, feeling that same energy with the Judgment Day. A couple of close near near falls on Finn Balor, near fall here, a Brutus bomb on Priest, only for Priest to kick out. Crowd's going to go crazy. Because the Judgment Day is hated and the fans want to see the Judgment Day lose no matter who they are in the ring against. That's why this was done. The Creed's stock and the Creed's presentation in front of 
this live audience is going to be enhanced. It's going to be upped by them getting this tag team title match against the Judgment Day. Now, again, I said I was salty it wasn't DIY, but if DIY is not winning the tag team championships right now, why use them in that spot? Might as well just use it to get the creeds over and really get them in front of the live audience. Triple H trusts Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa to get over on their own. They got what it takes to get over on their own. It's taken a little too long, but he trusts them to get over, and they they can be charismatic when they need to be. But the creeds, all they got right now is in-ring. That's what he's wanting to show off. They're in-ring. It's going to work out great for them in that tag team title match with the Judgment Day. Don't know when, don't know where, but I'm excited to see it. I thought this was a great showcase for them. I want the DIY to win, but DIY was not the right choice here. Imperium, they're also not ready for a tag team title opportunity yet. Bell to bell, they are maybe the best tag team in the entire company. This was right for the Creeds. Moving on. Judgment Day was backstage in their hangout. Finn Balor and Damian Priest were there. Finn told Damian Priest he just watched the Creeds. And they are now the number one contenders for their tag team titles. We can't take them lightly, says Finn Balor. Priest was not very happy. He had his back turned to the rest of Judgment Day. He turned around and he said, listen, you guys can just lay it on me. I see it written all over your faces. I failed. I let everybody down as the War Games captain. Ripley said, they are a team. They rise together and fall together. Balor told him to relax. Dominic said, it's all good, Priest. Priest was like, are you guys for real? Do you mean that? Ripley said, yes. We're not going to hold a grudge against you for losing. I don't know if those words were meant to sound that way. I'm not, we're not going to hold a grunge, a grudge against you for losing. Maybe they do. I don't know. Priest says he appreciates it. Priest asked how JD is doing. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. How's JD McRib doing? Finn Balor says he's in the trainer's room, but it's going to be a little bit. We should go check on him. And that's exactly what they do. We go into hour two. The first hour was completely commercial free. Not the entire hour. 56 minutes at least was commercial free. They cut to break in about 56 minutes. Cody. He made his way out. Clearly, you guys know Cody. Whoa! Got to get your two woes in there for Cody. Not one anymore. It's two. At WrestleMania, looking at the aisleway, it may be three woes. He asked Nashville, Nashville, what do you guys want to talk about? <laughs> Ridiculous. What a dumb, lame catchphrase, huh? What do you guys want to talk about? Said so there are so many stories stemming from this weekend. He said he has a story of gratitude. He thanked his teammates one at a time. He mentioned Seth's name. Fans started to sing his song. 
He mentioned Orton last. He said Orton was a mentor to him early in his career and remains that to this day. He says he's given him memories, including a new one when he threw a crossroads at Priest. He said he let him win that match. And he starts crackling his voice and he gets all somber here. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't just my match. It wasn't any match. It was it was my dad's match. <laughs> now he, he didn't really he didn't really, you know, emphatically do that, but you, you know you know how Cody gets all misty eyed and you, you see his little bottom lip fucking quivering, right? That was my dad's match. <laughs> Whoa! He then mentioned the other story. The return of CM Punk. Got a big CM Punk champ breaking out here with Cody in the ring, man. Rather odd to see, huh? Rather odd to see. Cody Rhodes leaves WWE. And a lot of people would assume that Cody left AEW because... He had some of his power taken away from him. Cody Rhodes wasn't Tony Khan's favorite toy in the toy box anymore. In walks CM Punk. Tony Khan's favoring CM Punk. CM Punk is an EVP. CM Punk has all the power that Cody once had. And Cody said, fuck this shit. I'm leaving. I'm leaving. It's very weird to hear Cody Rhodes promote CM Punk on WWE Raw. He said, nobody knew that was going to happen and everyone is tuning in to hear what he has to say. Welcome back. Cody isn't worried about Punk. Cody's up here and Punk, I mean, five-minute Punk, he, he ain't anywhere near Cody Rhodes, so I don't think Cody Rhodes has anything to worry about. Seriously. Cody knows where he is in the pecking order, and he knows where CM Punk is in the pecking order. He has nothing to worry about. He said, with all this news being made and all the stories, he'd like to make some news himself. I think at this point, you guys truly know me, which means there's only one destination for me. I will be the very first man to declare myself for the 2024 Royal Rumble. All of a sudden, Shinsuke Nakamura shows up on the big screen and he said Cody needs to continue his story, but he needs Cody to set him free. To set me free, to awaken me, to evolve. I am done waiting. I will bring my chaos to you. So the arena dimmed at this point with the lights. The lights come back on and Fans start ooing and eyeing, and right behind Cody is Nakamura. Nakamura was standing there, and he blew red mist in Cody's face, blinding Cody Rhodes. Cody was writhing in pain on the mat, selling the mist to the eyes, and Nakamura 
has been calling out one man in particular for weeks. And we finally got that man. And that man is Cody Rhodes. You know, all the fun I have making fun of Cody sometimes because he's just overly, just overly, I don't know. What's the right word? Sometimes he's obnoxious, right? I love Cody. I love Cody. Cody's got heart. Cody's one of the best, if not the best storytellers in all of pro wrestling. And he is going to finish his story if WWE has any fucking common sense at WrestleMania. Now, I love the fact that he did bring up CM Punk. I, I think this was necessary. Because not only is it necessary, but it also establishes the pecking order. And it shows that Cody Rhodes is comfortable in who he is and where he is to mention CM Punk. And he's not worried about CM Punk taking his spot. CM Punk is not going to WrestleMania to wrestle Roman Reigns. Get your mind off of that thought. Punk is not coming in to beat Roman. They're not going to take that spot away from Cody, especially with Punk. We're not getting a triple threat match. We're not getting Cody versus Punk versus Roman. No. It's Cody and Roman, and that's it. So cut the shit. You can fantasy book all you want. Go tweet WWE 2K games and get Punk in 24. Then you can make your fucking wildest dreams come true. It's not happening in Philadelphia. Now, the feud with Nakamura. Am I disappointed in the fact that it's Cody Rhodes? No, I'm not. I'm not. I don't see what this does for Nakamura. I really don't. We all know Cody's not losing on the road to WrestleMania as he has to pen the chapter to finish his story. But it does give Cody something to do in the interim before we get to the Royal Rumble. Why has Nakamura targeted Cody Rhodes? I'm going to need more of an explanation here. You are the chaos. What did he say? To set me free, you awaken me. I need you to evolve. I will bring my chaos to you. I am done waiting. Great. Great. It's not really an explanation as to why you attacked Cody Rhodes, though. But it does give Cody Rhodes something in the interim to do going into WrestleMania, and I don't really mind that. Because who else is there on Monday before he inevitably wins the Royal Rumble? Speaking of which, he announced himself for the Royal Rumble. Great. I love it. We should get more people doing that. In fact, bring back the gold tumbler and let's start picking the fucking numbers out. Honestly. Let's go old school, bro. More people should be announcing themselves for the Royal Rumble months in advance. Because it's a big deal. And no, we're not doing qualifying matches for the Royal Rumble. Should be 30 of the best. Simple. Chosen by management. The thing is, I don't know how many people are on my side here. I don't want Cody Rhodes to win the Royal Rumble. I don't. I don't want him to win the Royal Rumble. It's way too predictable. I don't want Cody Rhodes to enter the Rumble, win it, go to WrestleMania, challenge Roman. It's way too predictable. If there's one thing that I can't stand as a fan, it is a predictable Royal Rumble. 
Predictable Royal Rumbles are so fucking deflating, I can't even express it to you how deflating they are. Cody Rhodes should win the Elimination Chamber. That should be his way onto SmackDown. That's what they should do. Don't know how we get there, but that's how we need to do it. The Royal Rumble winner should challenge Seth Rollins for the World Heavyweight Championship. It should be a Raw superstar who challenges Seth Rollins for the World Heavyweight Championship. CM Punk coming back, he's already solidified himself as a top favorite to win the Royal Rumble. And more than likely, that is going to be your WrestleMania match. Rollins, Punk, World Heavyweight Championship, main event for night one. Cody Rhodes should not win the Royal Rumble. At all. I don't give a shit. Cody's heartbreak will be not winning the Royal Rumble. I don't know how you do it or who is the culprit, but Cody should not win the Royal Rumble. Bronson Reed, he went one-on-one with Ivar of the Viking Raiders. This was great. Eight minutes. Could have went more. Meaty men doing meaty things on Raw. People loved it. Reed hit a vertical suplex early on. Ivar caught him with a spin kick outside the ring. This was because of a Valhalla distraction. And then he basically stinger splashed him, squashed him into the ring's video board. Reed, after a commercial break, was back on offense. He hit some knife-edge chops, machine gun style. In the corner, Ivar came back with some back elbows, but Reed followed with a senton. Ivar came back with a big power slam. He goes for recovery, gets a two count. Valhalla then told Ivar to go to the top rope, so we tried the moonsault, but Bronson Reed moved. There was a nice camera angle where they kind of shot it from underneath. Great looking spot. Ivar missed the moonsault. Reed went to the top, and we were about to get the tsunami but he was stopped because Valhalla jumped on the apron and threatened to hit him. The referee tossed Valhalla out of the ringside area. So these two big guys, they battle in the timekeeper's area, which led to Reed giving Ivar a Death Valley driver on the side of the barricade. They were eventually counted out. This ending was very clunky, and this ending was sloppy. Could have been a whole lot better. So Bronson Reed... He's standing there, and Ivar picks up a chair and hits Bronson in the back with the steel chair. They battle through the crowd, which led to some WWE employee getting squished by Bronson Reed. He didn't really give a shit about this guy's well-being. He said, whatever. Reed also used a security guard and used him as a lawn dart. Ivar hit a cannonball off of the equipment boxes back there. Crowd was chanting, holy shit, holy shit. We got Adam Pierce, security, and other WWE officials out there finally separating both guys. I thought the post-match stuff was better than the actual match. Certainly better than the ending. This is not done by a long shot. And I could absolutely see this leading to one of two things. One, 
This could obviously lead to a last man standing match between Bronson Reed and Ivar. Or Ivar challenging Bronson Reed to a Viking rules match, which is his bread and butter. I don't think the Viking Raiders have lost a Viking rules match. So that'll be interesting to see. Hometown advantage, home field advantage there for Ivar. Whichever way they go, one of these two guys is the next in line for Gunther and the Intercontinental title. Being that we've seen Bronson Reed, I don't think it will be Bronson Reed. There is no pay-per-view in December. There is absolutely no harm or no foul using Ivar in that spot. Quite frankly, Ivar has fucking absolutely killed it since Triple H has run solo with Ivar. So if you're asking me personally and professionally what I would do, I'm going with Ivar because he's earned the fucking spot. And a match with Gunther is only going to raise his stock. He's not beating Gunther. He's not going to be the one to beat Gunther for the IC title, but a match between Ivar and Gunther would fucking bang. It should go to Ivar. Looking forward to it. But clearly, you see that they're setting up for another match between these two. When, where, I don't know. Sign me up. I need more. Nia Jax. Yep. The most must-see Monday Night Raw in the last 10 years. Nia Jax. Great. We got Nia and Zoe. Stark. Before that, we got a segment taped earlier. Zoe was telling Shayna that she had Rhea right where she wanted her at Survivor Series and was close to winning the Women's World Championship. Great. No, you weren't. Baszler said she'll get another shot. You should relax. In walk Nia Jax. She mocked, applauded Zoe Stark. Jax said it should have been her at Survivor Series because she'd be the champion. Here's a clue, honey. No, you wouldn't. She said everyone should be on notice. Baszler told Nia to shut her hole before someone breaks her arm and puts her on the shelf again. Zoe challenged Nia to a match tonight. Nia Jack smiled and said, that's exactly what she wants. But what about us? What about what we want? Nobody here wants this. Nobody here asks for this. Backstage, Priest, Balor, and McGriddle approached the Judgment Day hangout. They came upon R-Truth eating a platter of jelly rolls on their couch. You know, because the uh, country star, Jelly Roll, was there. Priest said, uh, Truth, this is our clubhouse. What are you doing? He made a mess of it. You know, these jelly rolls had white powder on them, and he was eating all these jelly rolls, and there was white powder everywhere. They got white powder on the couch. They got white powder powder on the floor. Unbelievable, man. Hopefully he's got one of them uh, high-powered Dyson vacuums or a Roomba or something. So he made a mess of the Judgment Day hangout. Truth offered to be their partner in war games. So Priest said, Truth, war games happened already. He asked if they won 
and, and said, how did I do? Priest, who was very stressed at this line of questioning, said, well, truth, you, you weren't in the match, and we lost. Thanks for the reminder, he said. Truth then brought up Orton and the fact that he was back. They told R-Truth to get out. Balor looked at the couch, and he said the couch was ruined. McNugget said that he would deal with R-Truth. Now, I don't know how he's going to deal with R-Truth. What type of dipping sauce are you going to bring R-Truth, McNugget? Is it going to be sweet and sour? How about barbecue? What about that, uh, that uh, don't they have an Asian sauce or something like that, huh? Barbecue? Honey mustard? I don't know. Only time will tell, man. I'm sure, I'm sure Sean Ross Sapp will have that in Fightful Select. Nia Jax and Zoe Stark. I'm going to be genuinely... I'm going to be genuinely honest with you guys. I did not watch this match. Okay. I did not watch this match. In fact, for the nine minutes that this match was on my TV, I closed my eyes and all I heard was Michael Cole in the background and I tried my best not to pay attention. Do you want to know why? Because Nia Jax does not belong on our televisions. That's why. Uh, and Zoe Stark, I mean, uh, I don't, I don't know, man. Seriously, I don't know. She's got, she's got the charisma of a fucking taco with absolutely no toppings at all. She's basically a corn tortilla with just meat. That's all she is. There's no lettuce. There's no salsa. There's no pico. There's no fucking creme fraiche, there's no cheese, nothing. Absolutely nothing. The meat's not even marinated that's in this corn tortilla. That is Zoe Stark. I don't know. I don't know. Who won? Nia Jax won. Let's move on to the next segment, man. I'm sure you guys are waiting for me to break this thing down, man. Move By scientific move, man. Seriously, Bret Hart is fucking licking his chops to dissect this match in the laboratory tomorrow. Nia Jax won with the Annihilator. I wish Nia Jax's contract was annihilated. Gunther. He was backstage... He saw Giovanni Vinci and Ludwig Kaiser interrupted them and told them to go to Adam Pierce and sort out this DIY issue. Vinci began to speak, but Kaiser interrupted and promised to get it done. So we got Mike Mizanin, the Miz, walking up to Gunther and said, he saw the press conference after Survivor Series where he said his next opponent needs to challenge him face-to-face. Gunther said this at the press conference. 
Gunther smiled and said, Mike, are you sure about that? Miz says he knows he can pin him, and Gunther now knows it. Gunther said he knows he is no threat to his title reign. He did credit him that he came ready for a fight and can claim he belongs in that ring. Just not with me. And Gunther walked away. Now, social media is quite the funny place, man. I'll put something out there and people will just read and interpret what they want. All I said on social media was, I'm good. I don't need to see another match with Mike Mizanin and Gunther. We don't need it. We don't need it. Miz lost clean. Where exactly does he get a championship match? Being that he just lost to the champion clean at Survivor Series. It's not how this works here. Okay? Ivar should be next in line. And then after that, maybe Chad Gable. Who knows? Who knows what the... Gunther may be the champion until WrestleMania. I have no fucking clue. I am good on seeing another match between The Miz and Gunther. Now, the match at Survivor Series wasn't bad. It was a basic television match that took place on the PLE, but it wasn't bad. I never said it was bad. I just said I don't really give a shit to see The Miz and Gunther in match number two. For some reason, man, The Miz has some weirdo fucking fans on social media. Like, I get it. Miz has fans. I get it. At one point or another, Miz was great. 2016 Miz is top-notch shit. 2023 Miz is not. Sorry to burst your bubble. Gunther and The Miz does not need to happen. Spare me. Seth Rollins. He made his way out to the ring. Fans started singing Seth Rollins' song. Whoa. Then we got chance of CM Punk, CM Punk. And that's what I came for, man. Seth said, yeah, come on. Come on, come on. Chance got louder. He asked if that's all the Punk fans had. Get it out of your system because I can tell you, I don't want to spend one more second, one more ounce of energy on that hypocrite. Yeah, there was a video floating around on social media from a house show over the weekend. I believe it was uh, Sunday after Survivor Series. And he mentioned CM Punk. And he said these same exact words here at the house show. If you guys saw that clip floating around, he said the same exact thing. Says he didn't want to talk about someone who doesn't matter at all, but rather he wanted to talk about his title that he's successfully defended for months. 
He says the World Heavyweight Championship is the most important championship in the industry. No, it is not. Now, Roman Reigns holds the most important championship in the industry. So, he said, two days out from war games, I'm not feeling great. And I started to get the itch again to be a fighting champion. He says he went to see Pierce earlier in the day and began talking about who his next opponent should be. And all of a sudden, Drew McIntyre's music interrupted. He came out to the ring and he entered the ring and he gets in Seth Rollins' face. He says, a lot has happened in the last 24 hours and people are talking about what happened with them inside and outside the ring. He offered a handshake. Rollins apparently was throwing a bunch of F-bombs around in a very worked angle in regards to CM Punk. And Drew McIntyre walked out of the All-State Arena. And apparently he was very upset with what transpired on Saturday Night at Survivor Series as well. Now, I don't know if that was directly correlated to CM Punk. There may be some truth to the rumor that Drew McIntyre doesn't really care for CM Punk back in WWE. But there is more to Drew McIntyre's story. It could be that he is working everybody as well and is upset at the Judgment Day for not delivering their promise. It could be that Drew McIntyre is upset that he didn't get a contract extension or is still far apart on negotiations with WWE. He could be upset that CM Punk is back in WWE and the fact that his spot at the top of the card now moves down a notch because another top name like Punk is now back and obviously is going to be inserted into the mix. Could be any one of those things. Could be a mixture of all three of those things. We don't know. We don't know. But he's upset. But you know what? At the end of the day, Drew McIntyre is a fucking professional. And Drew McIntyre is going to do business up until the end of his contract. Because that's just type the type of guy that he is. So, Drew, he wants a handshake. Seth accepted and shook his hand. Drew said, well, Judgment Day promised Jay Uso on a silver platter. And they claimed to have a master plan. He said... The master plan apparently was losing at War Games. He says he has realized he has to put Jay on the back burner and focus on what's most important, which is the world heavyweight title. Drew asked if he remembers what Seth told him right before their world title match at Crown Jewel. Seth said, yes, I I definitely remember. Seth says he told him when he beats him, when Seth beats Drew, He'll have no one to blame but himself and that it'd be the best thing to ever happen to him. Drew says he's 100% right. He says he has nobody to blame but himself for that loss. He said there was a point where he had Seth on the steps and dropped him back first and he could see he was finished. He says he should have hit the Claymore at that point, but he saw Seth writhing in pain. He said he had sympathy and compassion at that point. He said he paused to tell Seth it was over. He said Seth then slapped him, and he deserved it. He said he realized that to swim with sharks, he had to become the biggest shark of all. And now he wants a rematch. Seth says he's always respected Drew's honesty. He agreed he deserves a rematch. He said the issue there might be a couple of people who deserve it more than him right now. And that's why he came out here. 
He said he met with Pierce and they agreed that he would be defending the World's Heavyweight Championship next week live on Raw. Drew said Seth is the champ and he calls the shots, obviously. And then he asked who the match was with. Seth says he will be defending against Jay Uso. Now, fans chanted yeet, and Seth told Drew that it's nothing personal. Drew, like a fucking maniac, headbutted Seth Rollins. But upon headbutt, Drew accidentally and very visibly headbutted the World Heavyweight Championship, and it made a loud pop. The camera panned on Drew's face, and you just see this huge gash formed right above Drew McIntyre's forehead, right here. He starts bleeding. He's got blood dripping down his forehead. He's got a nice little gash on his forehead. He accidentally headbutted the World Heavyweight Championship in an effort to headbutt Rollins down. He began bleeding. Drew attacked Seth, tossed him across the ring. His kilt came off, and he had black underwear on. Looked like compression shorts under his kilt. He was not in wrestling gear, I'll tell you that. Drew looked down and leaned down on Rollins and said, if this was personal, Jey Uso, you know I beat him two weeks ago. You know I'm ahead of him in the line. I mean, I don't really sense any lies detected here by Drew McIntyre. He beat Jey Uso for the War Games advantage. Shouldn't he be ahead of Jey Uso? Why are we giving title shots to Jey Uso? What the fuck did he do? Maybe it's all a part of the plan. Jey superkick Drew. He comes on out. Seth and Jey double superkick Drew McIntyre, sending him to the floor. Jey picked up Seth's belt, shoved it to Seth. Drew stared, uh, stared both of them down at ringside, and Jey plays up to the crowd. Drew McIntyre looked right there. I'm loving this heel Drew McIntyre, man. This Drew McIntyre who's absolutely not taking any bullshit from anybody. He looks and sounds great. I thought this promo was good. Can't wait to see a rematch between the two. You know it's coming. He may have to wait till the Royal Rumble. I think that would be a great match for the Royal Rumble. Seth versus Drew, round two. Let's do it. Jey Uso's getting the title shot next week. Don't know why. Should be a decent match. And continue the story here with Drew McIntyre. Backstage, Logan Paul, or not Logan Paul. Logan Paul's going to be on SmackDown. We're going to find out who he's defending the United States Championship against next. Backstage, Sami Zayn then confronted Drew McIntyre. Drew told him, not now and not to start. Sami asked, what has gotten into you lately? Drew said, Seth truly has something against him. And he can't understand why. Sammy says, listen, I can relate. He emphatically said that he's had disappointments too. He said he came up short in beating Roman Reigns in front of his family. It's just not you. It was me too. He said he came up short against Seth. You did. I did too. He said Drew has already been world champion twice. He's six foot six. He's 300 pounds. He's pure muscle. He's got everything going for himself. But you're acting like a spoiled little Bitch. He didn't say that. He said brat. I thought he was going to say bitch, but that's exactly what he is. He's actually he's actually acting like Ryan Satin. He told Drew he's better than that. Drew says he's made a few points. 
He says, I'm going to work my way back up the ladder. I'm going to go ask Adam Pierce for a match next week against you. So we got Jay Uso and Seth Rollins for the world title. And Drew McIntyre versus Sami Zayn next week. Sounds like a decent show already. Chelsea Green and Piper Niven versus Natalia and Tegan Knox. Now, I was actually awake for this one. I was actually awake for this one, believe it or not. Barely. But you want to know why I was awake for this one, folks. I was actually awake because at this point in the show, I had poured myself a nice mug of ice. Over the ice, I poured some magic mind, and then I mixed it with some liquid death, and I got my fill for the night, man. That's why I'm on here right now so focused. It's exactly what I did. You guys can go get your magic mind by using code JDNY at magicmind.com slash JD from NY and save 56% off your first subscription. That's what I did. And I still barely paid attention to this match. Women's Tag Team Championship is on the line. Not that anybody gives a shit. I'm a fan of Tegan. Everybody else, get out. Natalia hit Chelsea with a sit-out powerbomb. Tegan tagged in, hit Green with a Molly go-round. But Niven broke up the cover. Natalia and Knox suplexed Green into the barricade. Niven knocked them both down with a cannonball off the apron. Niven hit Knox with a running crossbody in the ring for the one, two, and three. Natalia finding another tag team partner, and Natalia once again failing. Failing. Nobody cares. Crowd did not give a single shit. I would love to take the women's tag team titles and legitimately film it, burn them, and then piss on the ashes. Fucking worthless. Jay approached Randy Orton in the back. Uh Uh-oh. They couldn't even give us any... Any decent fucking continuation to this, man. They just said, you know what? We'll build some intrigue going into war games, and then we'll just blow the entire fucking thing off. He approached Orton in the back. He wanted to find Orton first before Orton found him. Jay thanked him for having his back at war games. He heard what Orton said earlier about receipts towards the bloodline, about what happened back in the day. But but what happened back in the day, listen, man, listen, Oost, that was in the past. I'm a different man. Cody trusted him and brought him to Monday Night Raw, and he's trying to do the right thing. Orton was good with Jay. I see it. I watched it. I know. I see what you've done with Cody. As long as you are out of the bloodline. Oh, I'm out of the bloodline, Oost. You don't got to worry about anything. Jay says he was out. They shook hands. And bygones are bygones, man. Randy Orton is truly, Randy Orton is the changed man here. Never mind CM Punk. Randy Orton is the changed man. The old Orton would have had several RKOs waiting for Jey Uso. Not tonight. 
Next week, we got Sis, uh, Sami Zayn and Drew McIntyre versus Seth. Uh, oh, actually, no. It's Sami Zayn versus Drew McIntyre and Seth Rollins versus Jey Uso for the World Heavyweight Championship. So far, that is on Raw next week. Jackie Redmond interviewed Becky Lynch backstage. Becky said Saturday night was about making amends. She said it's a fine line between love and hate, but right now it feels pretty good. She said she has two fights on the horizon, one more pressing than the other. What type of fight is that, Becky? Becky versus the Encyclopedia. Or Becky versus a U.S. history book, one-on-one. Becky versus Jeopardy, where she went 0 for 61. I'll take, I'm a retard for 500, Alex. You think WWE would screen people before they go on Jeopardy? I don't know. I prefer Wheel of Fortune anyway. Randy Orton. One-on-one against Dominic Mysterio with J.D. McRib out there. How many more, uh, or how many more Mick, Mick, Mick items does McDonald's have? We got McDouble, we got McFish, McCrisp, McBiscuit, McGriddle, McNugget, McChicken. How many? Am I missing any? McFlurry. J.D. McFlurry. How about that one? He's out there with J.D. McFlurry. So, Dominic took a cheap shot when the referee tried to break up a uh, tie up in the corner. We go to a double picture-in-picture. Dominic was in control of ringside. Back in the ring, Orton came back with two clotheslines, his signature... Snap Power Slam McMuffin. McMuffin. Forgot about the McMuffin, bro. McQuarter Pounder? McTasty. Forgot about the McTasty. It's crazy, man. Anyway. We got the draping DDT, two clotheslines, a snap power slam. Orton pounded the mat. He went for the RKO, but uh, J.D. McTasty yanked Dominic to ringside. McFish then yelled at Jelly Roll on the outside. I don't know why. I don't know why McDonough went outside to go yell at Jelly Roll. Maybe, maybe he doesn't like Jelly. Maybe. McRib is more of a peanut butter guy than he is a jelly guy. I don't know why he started a fight all of a sudden with McJelly. Maybe he was upset because McJelly gave R-Truth the jelly rolls. I don't know. So jelly roll from the crowd shoved him into the arms of Orton. Orton then tossed Dominic onto the announce desk and fans chanted one more time. Now, uh, you know, I don't know where the referee was. I don't know what the referee was looking at, but you would think that if Jelly Roll put his fucking hands on Dominic, that it would be a disqualification. Or maybe I don't know the rules of pro wrestling. I don't know. 
So we got uh, McDonough out there. He uh, he got shoved by McJelly, and Dominic was slammed onto the announce desk. Orton delivered another drop on the desk. He threw him into the ring. McJelly stood on the ring apron. Orton gave him a draping DDT. Dominic then drop kicked Orton from behind and hit the six one nine. So Dom climbed the top rope. He leapt off the top rope. He missed the frog splash. Orton avoided the frog splash. Orton hit the RKO. One, two, three. And Dominic Mysterio loses. Goodbye. Of course, Randy Orton was going to get a win back on Monday Night Raw. What the fuck did you expect to have have happen? Orton to eat uh, jelly rolls and just fucking roll over and take the pin from Dominic? No. It was never going to happen. CM Punk. The one fucking part of the show that everybody wanted to see. Everybody. We all waited for this. All night, we waited for CM Punk to return. And we got five minutes of a fucking promo. Five minutes of a promo. Punk was wearing his new WWE release t-shirt. Crowd obviously showered him with love. He started the promo out with, looks like hell froze over. Punk said hell froze over because he was standing in a WWE ring with a live microphone. Not because he's a Blackhawks fan in a Predators building. Automatically going right back to the hockey references. Nobody gives a shit about the fucking Chicago Blackhawks, okay? He laughed and said, listen, I have to be myself. Great. You got to be yourself. This promo was anything but CM Punk being himself. Says he's been thinking of the language to express how he feels. He thought of two words and was afraid of how corny it would sound. Punk says he's changed. And an American dream once taught him that as long as you speak from the heart, you cannot go wrong because it was the truth. And the truth is, I'm home. He's home. He's home. After 10 years, he vilified this place for almost killing him and firing him on his wedding day and putting Dwayne in the main event of WrestleMania over him. For 10 years, he vilified this place, and now he's home. He's home, why? Because the new landlord in Triple H is paying him a shit ton of money? He's home, why? Because the new landlord in Triple H gave him a second lease on life and Realistically, the last chance he ever has in this business. Yeah, you're going to be Paul Levesque's little bitch from this point on. Punk didn't know how he'd react, but he knew this was home. He's been gone for 10 years, but in that time, the fans never forgot him, even when he maybe wanted to forget himself. People all over the world never stopped chanting his name. Obviously, the fans chanted his name. The voiceless found their voice, and he couldn't be more proud of them. He was back because he loved the fans. He wished he could say that 
He never had to leave. But once upon a time, a wise man said he'd have to leave this place and come back. He hated to admit the wise man was right. This wise man is Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman told him to leave and come back. Saturday night was an amazing moment. He wasn't talking about collision. Monday night was an amazing moment. Everybody in the back was happy to see him. It's been all hugs, even a few kisses on the cheek, on the lips. People have been asking about AJ, and he said, she's doing great. She sends her regards. It's been open arms from everybody. Almost everybody. He knew that everyone here competed to be the best in the world, but the best in the world hasn't been there in 10 years. That's a shot at Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins has called himself the best in the world on multiple occasions. CM Punk said, the best in the world hasn't been here in 10 years. CM Punk understood being afraid. They're afraid that he set the bar too high and the brass ring was in his back pocket. They're afraid because the most dangerous man just walked into the front door and there's nothing they can do about it. Some people will wake up and realize their efforts to be the best in the world, in the ring, on this microphone, and even on commentary was false because the best in the world was back in the middle of the ring and his name was CM Punk. Punk looked into the camera and off mic, said he wasn't there to make friends. He was there to make money. You know, I've said this many, 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 many times about Cody Rhodes. They turned Cody Rhodes into a fucking cartoon character. The way that he has operated, the way that he's come off, they turned him into a fucking superhero. The one guy that you bring into the company with the most social media views in the history of WWE being on social media. Shattered records. Records that probably will never be broken. They bring him back. They give him five minutes. And they have him go out there and cut the most PG promo you could possibly have CM Punk cut. In five minutes. We got no explanation, really. No, I'm not taking this as the explanation. No, I'm home. I missed you guys. I love you guys. I'm here to be the best in the world. Blah, blah, blah. Yada, yada, yada. Uh, Whatever. Did you physically go into detail about what you want to accomplish here and why you're back? It's got to be something. We all know you're the best in the world. We all know that is your that is your thing. That's your catchphrase. Could have announced himself for the Royal Rumble. Could have promised to be the main event of WrestleMania. Could have name dropped Seth Rollins. Could have name dropped Roman Reigns. Something. He did nothing. He didn't give us anything. Everybody was anticipating. 
a, a pipe bomb-like return from CM Punk. Going to blast his previous employer. He's going to mention counterfeit bucks and all this other shit. Meanwhile, they snipped this guy's fucking balls, neutered him, sent them out there, and instead of giving us CM Punk, they gave us PG Punk. That's what they gave us. What an absolute waste of my fucking time. In typical WWE fashion, they hyped the fucking show up as being the most must-see Raw in the last 10 years, and they fucking shit the bed. I don't give a fuck if you're a CM Punk fan or not. How you're watching me and how you watch that show, if you have any fucking common sense, you would look at that and say, man, I'm, I'm fucking disappointed. That's what I waited three hours for? Five minutes? Yes. They're probably saving it and they're going to give you little doses. They didn't want to reveal all their cards at this poker table tonight. But now we got to wait another week for what? Something he could have said tonight. WWE lit the fucking wrestling world on fire on Saturday night. And WWE put out their own fire and fucking took out the fire extinguisher, put their own fire out on Monday night. Why? This company is so inept. They are so fucking lame. They never, ever, ever follow up with what needs to be done. You got a fucking raging fire on Saturday night. I expect you on Monday to pour the fucking gasoline on that fire and make it uncontrollable. You got the one guy to shake the foundation of this fucking place up from the core, from the ground up, and then you send him out there to do what? I love you. I missed you. I'm home. Save that shit for Cody Rhodes. Save that shit for some fucking lame-ass fucking stupid baby face. Don't give that fucking bullshit to CM Punk. I didn't sign up for CM Punk to show up at home plate and fucking hit sacrifice bunts. I came here to watch CM Punk disrupt the fucking system. I came for CM Punk to fucking throw a wrench into the fucking gears of this machine and fuck shit up. You already presented him like everybody else on this fucking show, and I don't like it. You could sit there and tell me it's only week one. You could sit there and tell me, oh, it's going to happen. There's going to be more of this and that. First impressions make everything. This was a first impression after 10 fucking years. I want the CM Punk that fucking choked his fucking boss out in London. We got CM Punk showing up to the first day of fucking work with a suit and tie and a fucking $10 Starbucks in his fucking hand, waiting to fucking greet everybody. Hello, nice to meet you. Happy to be back. Thank you, Mr. Levesque. Fuck off. Absolutely a waste of my fucking time. They should be ashamed. I can only hope it gets better. 
You can sit there and talk about Punk, WrestleMania, Punk, Rollins, World Title, Punk, Royal Rumble. Give me a reason why you are back. Name drop people. Disrupt the system. Announce yourself in the Royal Rumble. Why the fuck are you back? I want to make WrestleMania main event happen. I want the world title. I am entering in the Royal Rumble alongside Cody Rhodes. I'm home. If you're home, I'm moving out. Fucking ridiculous. Absolutely a waste of my time. Thank you guys for all your support. Really appreciate you hanging out with me tonight on this Monday Night Raw post show. You guys are awesome. I'd love to see what we accomplished here tonight, man. Were we number one tonight? I'm sure we were. I'm sure we were, man. How many people are even still alive right now? Not many. You're all here. Follow me on social media, at JD from NY206. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Go check out all the other content on the channel. There's plenty of it. Super chats are open. We're going to get into them in just a second. Sponsors for tonight's show, man. I want to thank my great friends over at Magic Mind. They are hooking me up, man. Shows have been the best I've ever done because of Magic Mind. MagicMind.com slash JD from NY. Use that code JDNY to save 56% off your subscription for the next 10 days. And tonight's show is also sponsored by my great friends over at Blue Chew. BlueChew.com. Code JD. And you guys are going to get your free sample on me, man. It's fucking cold out there, man. Don't let those winter temps. Don't let a dull CM Punk promo fan the heat in the bedroom. Make sure you guys keep those temperatures hot. Blue Chew. It's a unique online service that provides the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but it comes in chewable tablets. You can take them anytime, day or night. Plan ahead, man. I always say Blue Chew is your way to long-term booking. Plan ahead and be ready when that PLE main event is ready to happen. The process is very simple. You're going to sign up at bluechew.com. You're going to consult with one of their online medical providers, and once you are approved, you're going to receive your prescription within days. No questions asked. There's no awkward conversations. There's no waiting in line at the pharmacy. No doctor's office. Bluechew is shipped directly to you, discreetly, 
and they are made in the USA. That extra confidence is worth it, guys. Sign up at BlueChew.com. Code JD at checkout. All you have to do is pay the $5 shipping and handling. How many of you guys agree with me on my CM Punk assessment, man? Am I am I the only one that feels that way, or, or, or you guys agree with me? Like, I'm happy he's back. I love that he's back. But I can't help but be disappointed, man. I know I'm not crazy, man. You guys know I'm honest. I'm, I'm going to be straight up honest with you, man. You don't like it? Go take a walk. Seriously. How's the vibe on social media? Am I the only... How is it on social media? Would people... Do, do the majority of people agree with me on social media? That's my question. Wrap the well with $3 Super Chat. Should Punk ever feud with Roman during his reign? At, well, during Roman's reign? No. No. Punk and Roman are not going to cross paths right now. Easy with the $10 Super Chat. I'm loving WWE right now, but the cancerous Punk signing... With the WWE, after almost destroying AEW, left a sour taste in my mouth. So if I don't watch his segments, I'll just listen to the best in the IWC, JD. Uh, Raymond Falks. No, I'm not wrong. You think I'm wrong because you don't like what I have to say. I'm not wrong. I'm hardly ever wrong. Um, easy. Listen, brother. That AEW situation is not going to happen in WWE. That punk is not going to be this punk. The Undertaker. 26 months. He's 26 and 0. Thank you for being a member to this fine establishment, Undertaker. Very promising in terms of their athleticism, but the creeds. Have all of the personality of a peeled potato. Keep trucking, bro. Hashtag OTS for life. Thank you, brother. Michelle Moran with a two-dollar super chat. Sammy and Drew should kick ass. Same with Seth and Jay. Yes, indeed. Tyler with a one ninety-nine. Do you think QT Marshall goes to WWE to be with Cody? Yes, I do. I think QT Marshall will be a coach inside the WWE Performance Center. The script keeper with a one month. Thank you, brother. One month down a full life to go. By the way, this is my second account. I'll have a different name next week so you can tell the difference. Thank you, script keeper. Thank you, brother. Appreciate the uh appreciate the effort for support there. Script keeper. $10 super chat. Hey JD, you were right in thinking I was already a member. I created another account. To help my friend, but I'll have a new name for it soon so you can tell the difference. Thank you. 
Milligram. 36 months. I've been called a lot of things. After 36 long months, you can call me OTS champion. You are the best in the world. I bleed. Hashtag off the script for life. Thank you, brother. As always, my friend. I, I, I heard the chat on Saturday Night Hooligram was a little hectic, man. Next time, I may have to just make it uh, subscribers only. Or members only. Or maybe I should just hire more mods. I don't trust a lot of people, though. There could be legal actions with what CM Punk says because Tony can't say anything. I'm not asking for him to say anything about AEW. I never said any, say anything about AEW. Mama Scripps with two months. Two months and counting with the greatest YouTuber in the world. I don't know if I'm the greatest YouTuber in the world, man. I got a long way to catch Mr. Beast, but... Thank you, Mama Scripps. Penny Davis with the two. CM Punk is home. What does it mean for WrestleMania? Rollins and Punk for the world title. That's what it means. MGM Bolin. $2 Superchat. JD McFish is hashtag neck strong. Sleep Gang with a $5 Superchat. I'm glad, I'm glad I watched a replay and skimmed through Raw. Seemed like nothing too crazy aside from Punk was all that interesting. Even Punk wasn't all that interesting. I am woman with a 10-month membership. Hey, 10 months in the venue. Can't wait for that golden microphone. Thank you, I am woman. Penny Davis with the 99 cents leaves me a sunglass emoji. Thank you, Penny Davis. The Jay Caleb show with 14 months. Waited three hours and they gave us PG Punk. Eh. Yeah. Red Storm Pro with a $5 Super Jet. CM Punk's return promo was underwhelming, and so was that crowd in Nashville. I missed the AEW version of Punk, not the PG version we got tonight. Glad people are agreeing with me, man. Tay-Tay the Savior with a 499. CM Punk and Randy Orton in the back. Cry me a river. Ryan Sat. Michael Vasquez with a $5 Super Chat. My birthday was two days ago, and I had... I was shocked. What a birthday gift that day. Happy birthday, Michael. Basic with a 999. Punk has only been back for one day. And already the hate is real. All of you with the PG Punk comments will be back here talking about how Fire's program with Rollins will be when it happens. Yes. Sure. But there's a first impression that he needed to make. If he needed to be Cody, that could have waited. I needed I needed Visceral Punk tonight. Hero with a $5 Super Jet. PG Punk is back and the crowd goes mild. Do better, Triple H. Hologram with a $2 Super Chat, he says. That was more like a poop bomb than a pipe bomb. Red Hood with a 199. They're teasing he's going to show up on SmackDown. Well, he better do something. 
We need a redo after tonight. Sleep Gang, $5 Super Chat, Triple H. Uh, hey, 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 uh, Punk, can I... Can you rewrite that Rampage debut debut promo you did, pal? Yeah, condense it to, uh... Five minutes, because we're gonna... Be out of time. Disappointing. Cy Richards becomes a new member. Cy, thank you so very much for joining me here in the OTS venue. Matthew Skipper with a $50 super chat. Love you, JD. You always keep it real. CM Punk was my dad's favorite. RIP. So I was way more into it than anyone else. Keep doing what you're doing, my friend. Thank you, Matthew. Mr. Premium with a $4.99. They better not have CM Punk enter at number 30 at the Royal Rumble like Cody did too. Predictable, man. Jerome Walker with a $4.99. I haven't watched WWE in over 15 years. And after tonight, I will wait another 15 years. Tell Jesse's not missing anything. Countdown to world's end. Phil with a 9.99. I didn't expect Punk to stand there and air out his grievances about AEW to the audience, but I expected a lot more. It seemed to me like he was trying to convince us that he was good. It wasn't enough. Michael J. with a $10 Super Chat. Don't know if anyone caught this, but it sounded like Punk was using a new version of Cult of Personality. It was just released. That was my big takeaway from an underwhelming show. Yes, I did hear that. Sounds a little bit more... uh, Produced. One hundred percent max fullest. 199. Reed seems out of shape. He gassed out again. Reed is fine. I'm not expecting Bronson Reed to go 20 minutes and deliver a fucking uh, Bob Backlund classic. Okay? It's not going to happen. Gears with a $10 super chat. I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to make money. Is a jab to AEW because Tony Khan is more of a friend than a boss. He tried to make money with the elite, but they refused, leaving money on the table. Huh? Yeah. I could see that. Bradley Robinette with a 199. Why is he PG Punk now? I don't know. I'm sure he's not going to be PG Punk, but tonight didn't do it. Jedi Jug with a $10 super chat. So my so when my brother said it, Sam Punk didn't overshadow Orton. Now, the only reason Orton started Raw because Punk overshadowed him on Survivor Series? Come on, bro. You flip more than an AEW luchador. The fuck are you talking about, Joker? They started Raw with Orton because CM Punk took all of the magic away from Orton returning. Bo Rodriguez with a $2 super chat. These JD alternatives got me dead. You're a legend. 
Thank you, Bo. Who doesn't like a good McFlurry? Uh, Bo Rodriguez also. F it. Can we get a lotion in the basket? Von Wagner. Said Suko the 499. At first, I thought Punk promo was tame, but then I watched it back again. It's actually a great promo. Once he feuds with Seth Rollins is when you will see his true form. Great. Imagine John Moxley coming back to WWE and having John Moxley cut a corporate fucking PG promo like that, man. Everybody's sticking up for CM Punk. Imagine that. John Moxley standing the straight and narrow because he's back in the E. Give me a fucking break. Jonathan Boudreaux or Bordeaux, seven months. CM Punk and Raw pay tribute to the Bears. Vikings game by being boring as ever. Alcohol is not enough. Where's the bleach? Delightful entertainment with the 199. Uh, uh, what? Didn't know Vince booked this show. Vince has nothing to do with the booking anymore. Eddie Hazard with 27 months. MJF was a prophet without knowing it. We really did end up getting PG Punk. Well, MJF knows best. Delightful with a 199. Punk will be AJ Lee's manager at this rate soon. Little Willie with a 999. I was surprised to not see Punk and Rollins interact with each other, but I get saving it for another day. When will we see it? Do you think JD? Uh, I don't know, man. Let's get to the Royal Rumble first. Scribble Stokes with a $5 super jack. WWE could have ended AEW tonight by having Punk cut a normal promo. And fumbled. AEW should use this chance to rebound and go back to 2019-21 AEW soon. AEW needs to worry about AEW and worry about World's End. Akachi Ra with 27 months. A must-see 10-year return, only given five minutes, was the biggest failure this year to me. And I'm sure MJF is looking hard at what they do to CM Punk. Cozy Cleveland with a 499. The main storyline for the Rumble should be Roman making Solo and Jimmy enter and make sure one of them wins so no one challenges him. Yeah, Jimmy or Solo are not winning the Royal Rumble. Gary Sphere with a 10. What if Drew takes the title from Seth with a punk assist? Zayn wins the Rumble, and we get Sammy, Drew, Punk, Rollins in a street fight and find a way to still get Cody versus Roman at Mania. No. Sammy is not winning the championship this soon. And he should not win the Royal Rumble, though I would not mind the Sammy Zayn win at the Royal Rumble. Uh, Cody is going to be in the championship match with Roman and Punk, more than likely with Rollins. Eclipse Game Show plus Horoscopes. $5 Super Chat. Disappointed at you, JD. You expected Punk to mention AEW who's struggling and help them. Nothing you're saying about his promo makes sense. Pipe bomb who? Everything I said makes sense tonight. If you don't see it, clean your fucking ears. And if you don't like it, get the fuck out. 
I didn't come here for five minutes. I came here for fucking chaos. I didn't come here for fucking corporate suit and tie, $12 latte CM Punk. I'm sorry. I'm sure we're going to get it. I'm sure it's going to come, and I'm sure it'll be against Rollins. But tonight, they fucking failed. Eclipse Game Show and Horoscopes also with a $2 Super Chat. Really? Say he wants a world title shot first night? Yeah, enter in the Royal Rumble. Yeah. Say you're back for the world title. The fuck are you there for? Were you there to play Uno in the back with fucking Kofi Kingston? No, you're there to main event WrestleMania and wrestle for the world title. Eclipse Game Show clearly is a fucking idiot. Go read your horoscope. I could tell you. Retard. Get out. Go watch Satin. Jose Perez with a 499. Punk promo was a letdown. It was clearly a ratings ploy. Drew McIntyre now has my full undivided attention. Stay warm in your mother's basement. OTS for life. Thank you, Jose. Mike NY with a two. I think CM Punk lying. We'll go heel soon. I honestly think Rollins is going heel, to be quite honest with you. Uh, in make-believe with a 4-4-9 in his currency, not an American. Feels like they are going to make Punk really work for his place back in WWE. This promo felt super controlled. Also, naked Drew for TNT. No. He may be shirtless, but not naked. I don't want to see a naked co-host on my other end, Okay. Sue with a five. JD, are you going to Brooklyn Friday? No, I will be at Hog on Friday in Queens. That boy Tay with a 99 cents. No message. Thank you, Tay. Sidro with a five. Look in my eyes. What do you see? A PG Punk live on TV. I know your anger. I know your dreams. Let's hope Punk... Everything we want to be. Oh. Thank you, Sidro. Cody Parker with a 499. You absolutely don't need visceral punk tonight, especially after the way things have ended with both his companies. I would relax. It wasn't even bad. Oh, it was bad. It was bad in terms of punk can do a hell of a lot better. I didn't ask for him to shit on AEW. And Captain Solo with a $5 super chat. Don't worry, the pipe bomb promo is coming. We'll see. Kal-El with a $5 super chat. That promo was like Marshawn Lynch saying, I'm just here to not get fired, dog. Mustangs rule. Thank you, Kal-El. Guys, I appreciate all, all, all of your support. You guys are awesome. Andrew McDowell and myself will be live tomorrow night, man. It is going to be a rock and roll show tomorrow night for Tuesday Night Titans. It's going to be awesome. We're going to talk about CM Punk. We're going to get Andrew Baydal's perspective. We're going to talk Survivor Series. We're going to talk all the rumors. Sasha Banks. It's going to be great. Make sure you guys follow me on X. 
at JD from NY206. Also, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Go check out my two sponsors for tonight's show, man. Magic Mind. MagicMind.com slash JD from NY. Use that promo code JDNY to save up to 56% off your first subscription. And BlueChew.com code JD at checkout for your free sample. All you have to do is pay the $5 shipping and handling. Go check out all the other content on the channel. There's plenty of it. Thank you guys for the super chat love tonight. Thank you for becoming members tonight here in the OTS venue. And go check out all the other videos that you might have missed on the channel. There is plenty of it to stay busy with. I will be back tomorrow with more news, as always, right here on the number one channel in the entire IWC. I'll see you guys tomorrow right here on Off The Scripts. See you guys later. special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.